You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. At the window. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. And go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell... Welcome to At The Window here on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guasamacchia. We have breaking news. The Knicks have just signed our very own Greg Sussman to a new deal. And uh, he'll be suiting up for the Knicks as they're signing scrub after scrub after scrub, it seems. Um, And they're not scrubs. They're in the NBA. I get it. But it's not Kevin Durant. It's not Kyrie Irving. It's not any of the players that they promised. Knicks fans, when uh, Porzingis was traded... Back in February. The Knicks are a disaster. You know that already. As it's been almost 24 hours. A little under 24 hours since the news came down. Kevin Durant going to sign. July 6th is the earliest he can sign a deal. With the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, that's right. The Brooklyn Nets. And the Knicks. And they came out. The PR spin. How they didn't offer Kevin Durant the max deal. I'm not buying it. I think they're just, that's PR spin. They're embarrassed. The Brooklyn Nets of all teams, the lowest attendance in the league, right? And that's for a playoff team. Beat out the New York Knicks, a a franchise, an organization that's worth almost $5 billion. Uh, This is rock bottom for the Knicks franchise. They cannot get free agents, and it shouldn't be news because it's, it's happened before. LeBron James was uh, rumored to be going from Cleveland the first time to the Knicks. That didn't happen. And now we get promised and we sold a, a bill of goods, and, and we, meaning Knicks fans, that they're clearing all this cap space for Porzingis, getting rid of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract as well in that trade, and they're going to be able to sign two max players. And who do they wind up with? Julius Randle, good player, don't get me wrong. Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson. Uh, it's, it's a sad day in New York sports for Knicks fans. Now, if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, and I don't know if how many there are, there's like four or five of them, and now there's going to be like nine or ten of them because it's going to double because bandwagon fans, of course, if they start winning, they're going to like it, but they're not going to win next year with Kevin Durant out for the year I still like Philadelphia. They've made a lot of moves. Uh, they're, they're, they're the favorite. The Bucks. They, they made some moves. They kept uh, Middleton, and they kept Lopez, Brooke Lopez. That was important. So they're still the favorites in the Eastern Conference next year. But the year after that, with Kevin Durant back from his Achilles injury, they should be the favorites in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks miss out again now. Where do the Knicks go? They, I, they just signed all those players. That's short deals. R.J. Barrett's still there. Um, Kevin Knox, for what that's worth, 19 years old. Can't write him off yet. Mitchell Robinson, another young kid, first year in the league, last year center. Great defensive uh, player right now. Needs to grow into his body, seven-footer. So there's some assets there for the New York Knicks. It's not that dire right now. But how are they going to improve and contend for a championship when they can't get any more key names to play there? And I, I read uh, John Heyman does a great job, MLB Network, baseball writer, apparently a Knicks fan who's all over Twitter, talking about how James Dolan needs to be forced into selling the New York Knicks because they are a disaster. Well, 
I'm not for that. Look, Adam Silver did force out Donald Sterling. Different circumstances. Okay, that was totally different circumstances than just an ineptitude on James Dolan's part. Now, if you want to dig a little bit and find reasons, and there was a, a Nuka Brown, that whole incident with the sexual harassment case with Isaiah Thomas, that doesn't bode well for James Dolan, but he survived that. That's old news. Now, he's not going to get forced out. It's not going to happen, so you got to move on. You just If you're a Knicks fan right now, I don't know what you do. Just hope that R.J. Barrett is the best player in, that, in the 2019 NBA draft and build around R.J. Barrett and go forward there. But the Brooklyn Nets, the B team in New York, just beat out the Knicks for prime free agents. I, I, never, thought, I never thought that was a realistic possibility. You heard these rumors. Uh, you heard it, uh, you know, Kyrie prefers the Nets, and, and that's fine, all well and great. And to lose out on Kevin Durant, and for, for the record, the, the Knicks came out, and Steve Mills, president, they didn't offer him the max contract and uh, Kevin Durant, and, and so that's what they're sticking to. But I don't buy that. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. The Knicks just missed out because their organization is a mess. Who wants to play for James Dolan? It's just one year after the next, just a failure after failure after failure. Happens all the time. So the Nets beat out the Knicks, a team that <laughs> don't have that many fans. I mean, people in New York City, they're all Knicks fans. Yeah, some front runners, some tourists come into town and whatever. whatever. They always go to the Knicks. That's how they sell out the Garden all the time, even despite their lackluster record. They gonna, are they going to start going to the Brooklyn Nets games now? Are they going to start going to the Barclays Center? I doubt it, but they'll get some, some people to go there. And so the Nets look really good right now, though there is some concern because Kevin Durant, what will he be when he comes back from his Achilles injury? Dominique Wilkins suffered this injury. He was one of the first really known players, star players, to suffer the Achilles tear, rupture. And he came back the next year and had a career year. 29 points over 29 points per game. And then after that, faded a little bit. Was around the same age as Kevin Durant right now. Kobe Bryant was older, so we don't want to use him. But medicine's different now than it was even when Dominique Wilkins played back in the early 90s. And even, even 10 years ago with, with Kobe Bryant or like eight years ago with Kobe Bryant. It's changed. And I fully expect, and most people... We'll point to, and I've heard uh, Rachel Nichols on ESPN talk about this, his lean body frame, that can help him recover quicker or better than someone like a DeMarcus Cousins, for instance. Uh, so she mentioned that, and that's been a narrative that I hear out there as well. No doctor, so again, it's, it's not an absolute. We don't know what Kevin Durant's going to be in two years. But the Knicks, they had no choice. They had no choice. You, you have to be willing to make that and take that risk, and they were, I don't buy this, not offering them uh, the max contract, but they're, so clearly the Knicks are losers. Clearly the, the, the Nets are winners. Which other teams out there won day one of the NBA free agency? How about the Warriors? Getting D'Angelo Russell, now Mark Stein was on the Dan Patrick Show earlier today. He, of course, late of ESPN, now writes for the New York Times, NBA writer. He said he doesn't see a... a a path for D'Angelo Russell to play for the Warriors and that he will be traded. But it's an asset that they got back for losing Kevin Durant, an asset that they no one even thought it was possible for them to get anything back in return for Kevin Durant. But, and so they got D'Angelo Russell, an asset 
they could flip that around and get even more uh, draft picks or what have you or, or players if they don't sign uh, D'Angelo Russell and have him play for the Warriors. So they're a winner. The Golden State Warriors are a winner because we thought they were dead and buried with losing Kevin Durant and getting nothing for him. The Utah Jazz are winners. Uh, I, a lot of people point that out. Um, over the free agency point, they, they signed Bogdanovich, a, a shooter, a shop shooter to, to pair with Mike Conley, who they traded for. So I'm including the Mike Conley trade, of course, from Memphis. That was a, a few weeks ago. I'm including that in this as well. So they're winners. Not, as, not, not a sexy team to talk about, but people do talk about them. Uh, other winners, 76ers are winners. I mentioned them. Uh, Tobias Harris looked like he was leaving. He was going elsewhere. They lost Jimmy Butler. That's not the worst thing in the world. It, 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 that team just didn't mesh well together. So Jimmy Butler now goes to Miami. And, and you get uh, assets back for him. And then you get Tobias Harris. You get, um, they also signed Al Horford to a deal. He'll play the four. You have Joel Embiid play the five. They do lose J.J. Redick, and that is a, that's a loss. They do, they do get Josh Richardson back from Miami for Jimmy Butler. So they're winners all the way. They're winners. Losing J.J. Redick is a concern because you need shooting on that team because we all know Ben Simmons doesn't even attempt threes. He doesn't, so he can't shoot worth a lick, and he's not going to learn it in a year. It's going to take, take time for him to learn how to shoot. And so they needed someone on the outside. Tobias Harris, when he was traded to the 76ers in 27 games, shot, struggled 34% from three land. So that's not great. He needs to do better there. But he's a better shooter from three over the course of his career, more of a 38% three-point shooter. So that will help. He's a shooter uh, to pair with those guys. Al Horford's not really a three-point shooter. He's a four guy. He'll play the four inside, defensive uh, um, presence there, and also great leadership. So it's a great signing. But I, I think they need more shooting. Josh Richardson, not really a great shooter as well, but he, you know, he's getting better, so that'll help. Sixers are winners. We don't know about the Raptors yet. Kawhi Leonard's still out there, but it's looking more and more likely he will sign with the Lakers. We'll see. That's yet to be decided, so we'll keep that for tomorrow. Losers. The Houston Rockets. Big-time losers. We heard about Jimmy Butler with the signing trade was going to join James Harden and Chris Paul and... And they would be able to compete with those three guys in the Western Conference. They came away with nothing. They have absolutely nothing to show thus far. It's day one. But nothing to show after day one of NBA free agency. When we all were talk, we all heard the talks about Jimmy Butler going to Houston. He goes to Miami instead, liked Miami better. And, and now Houston is still out there trying to do something. They need to improve that roster. Or do they? Do they need to? Improve that roster, or shall we wait until we see what the Lakers do? Because if the Lakers add Kawhi Leonard, uh, it's, a, it's a wrap. The Western Conference is a wrap. Look, say what you will. People will point out that the roster is not complete. There's no depth, and, and you have older players in LeBron James that needs rest, and that's going to be a concern because they're going to spend all their money on Kawhi Leonard if he does indeed sign there with the Lakers. Yeah, it's a concern, but they're still going to win the West. Unless the Warriors do something else with D'Angelo Russell. Let's see what, what happens there. So still a lot to, to be decided. As for FanDuel Sportsbook, still the Lakers are the favorites. Plus 280 now to win the NBA championship. This is the future. The Milwaukee Bucks, another team, winners. They re-signed Middleton, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez. They did trade Malcolm Brogdon away to the Indiana Pacers. Got some uh, picks for him. So... But keeping Middleton is a key there. Giannis Antetokounmpo, match him. Hopefully he progresses and gets 
even better. I know he won the MVP, but he struggled in the postseason. Got that out of the way. Got the experience out of the way. He'll only get better. And so they're plus 650 favorites now to win the NBA championship next season. Raptors still plus 750 here. The Rockets plus the 10 to 1, plus 1,000. And the Sixers now 10 to 1 to win the NBA championship next year with the moves that they made. Another winner of the Pelicans. I like J.J. Redick with Zion, with Brandon Ingram, with uh, Lonzo Ball. You needed shooting added to that mix. You need a shooter. Now you add another Dookie there. That's the third Dookie on that team. I think it might be, might be more than that, but Zion, Brandon, and J.J. all went to Duke. They needed shooting. Two-year deal for $26 million. Brilliant move. Like it. That's going to make them much better. Other than that, the Celtics have to be losers. They did get Kemba Walker, nice little uh, return there after losing Kyrie Irving to the Nets, but they did lose Al Horford. Uh, you know, Terry Rozier's gone. He's now in Cleveland. Now, uh, Cleveland. He's in Charlotte now. That was the, the trade. Uh, they did a little sign and trade there with Kemba Walker. And But, man, Celtics, look, look at FanDuel Sportsbook has no confidence in them. Plus 1,900 there, 19 to 1 with the Nuggets next year. To win the NBA championship, just one more team. Golden State Warriors, they're 12 to 1 uh, for next year, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. But uh, so a lot of movement there as well. The Jazz plus uh, 1,600 now. People loving the Jazz with the additions of McConley and Bogdanovich now to pair with Ingles and out there and uh, uh, Gobert and of course Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. So they have a solid five. They have a solid team. People, people are talking them up, and rightfully so, because they're formidable now. The Jazz, I, I still think we got to wait until Kawhi Leonard. Let's see what the roster looks like for the Lakers before we pick favorites, though. Just going based on winners. Another winner, the Blazers just acquired Hassan Whiteside from the Heat. If they can motivate Hassan Whiteside to play up to his potential, he has problems in, in Miami with Pat Riley, with Eric Spolstra, and benched here and there for playoffs, and he doesn't like being benched. Um... But he's a good player. He's a talented player. A guy's seven foot. He can block shots. And they signed up to that big deal in Miami. Now he goes to the Blazers for uh, Leonard. Um, and I'm just trying to think. Just get this. Uh, I read it before. And Mo Harkless. Myers, Leonard, and Mo Harkless. Now, I don't think Leonard's going to be that playoff Leonard that we saw. You know, where he's scoring 20 points a game and shooting from three. But he's a good player. And so is Mo Harkless a good player. He's turned himself into a great player since coming out of St. John's way back in must be like 10 years now. Uh, good player. And he has a cool, um, you know, wears that cool band around his head, too. I like that, too. I like that look. But did you watch the NBA free agency special on ESPN? I certainly did. And they always had a sounder for every time a, a signing was, was made and whatever. It got kind of annoying. And uh, <laughs> we don't have that, uh, I, I guess, capability to uh, – there's no signings that are happening now. But if there's any breaking news uh, that Brian, producer Brian, wants to – Mention here, uh, we'll definitely play that sound throughout the show. Our, here's our first. Uh, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? Is that a Woj bomb? Is that what that is? Uh, <laughs> play that again. Play that again. <laughs> there you go. The Knicks organization. Is that what you're telling me? That's what it is. It's done. Oh, man. What? What? I mean, you can't. Can't be surprised if you're a Knicks fan. You knew it was going to end well, uh, end poorly. You knew it. You, knew, you, you just knew it. James Dolan led Knicks. Just another another disappointment here, but still 
We'll see how it goes. Still a lot to, to a lot of players to be moved. We'll see what Kawhi Leonard does. I want to talk about the London Series baseball, Red Sox, Yankees in Britain. That's next here on At the Window. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76, and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is Andro 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products, and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Back here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guasamaki. Thank you for tuning in. Talking NBA free agency. and Didn't mention this in the open as I got wrapped up in the Knicks, Nets, and all the drama of NBA free agency, winners and losers. From day one, at least. Um, Isn't it amazing how June 30th at 6 p.m., the NBA, agents and players and organizations are supposed to start conversations, negotiations with teams that they, you know, uh, that are interested in their services, interested in the player services. They're not expected to sign. I mean, does it take uh, two seconds to say, all right, uh, uh, that's it. That's a negotiation. It's like two seconds. As soon as 6 o'clock starts, boom, 
we hear all, all about the signings and what have you. Of course, there's tampering going on, okay? It's, it's rampant. It's been rampant, and, and so it happens every year. So I'm not going to get too worked up about it. I hear too many people talking about it. I, I like the way it is now. Just leave it. It's, it. it's really fun to, once that deadline comes, at 6 p.m. deadline on June 30th. Now it used to be midnight. Now it's, um, it's 6 p.m. I like it. It's fun. It makes for a lot of drama. It's exciting to just sit there and all these signings and, and trades come in. And it's, it's what baseball wants their dr- trade deadline to turn into, right? They want all that tr- drama and, and, and they want to own the day. And that's why they got rid of the second trade deadline in August and they made it just one. That's this year. So hopefully the baseball can, can parlay some of, some of that uh, interest into, you know, more people tuning in and, getting more clicks and, and, and more publicity like they just got this weekend in the London series. Uh, the first time ever baseball played in Europe and it was a smashing, smashing success there in uh, at um, what was the uh, stadium? Uh, I forget the name of the stadium, but uh, it's where London Stadium where. Thank you, Brian. Uh, where what is it? West, uh, West Ham United. Yeah, West Ham United plays. All right. One of the uh what do you, what do you, not as popular as all the other soccer teams over there in, in England, but nonetheless, they, they fitted it uh, for baseball. 385 feet to straightaway center field, 16-foot fence to try to uh, make up for that uh, short distance, shortest distance from uh, home plate to center field in Major League Baseball and, and what have you. But the foul line, the foul territory, I mean, you think Oakland is a lot of foul ground? This was even more so, and it, you see first baseman's running, it seems like, 50 yards to get a foul ball. It was amazing. It was just, it was just amazing to watch. Uh, the, the turf there, artificial turf, really fast, too. I mean, it, uh, at one point, Gardner hit a, a ground ball to second base. It almost took off Eduardo Nunez's head, not known for his defense anyway, but that no one could, could catch that um, ground ball. That was really a rocket there on the artificial turf. And, and so defense really wasn't in play. A lot of runs, 50 runs scored in two games. But it was great. It was really fun to watch. And I, I talked to a couple of my buddies who actually went over there for this, this, uh, the game. One of my buddies is still staying there and watching uh, Wimbledon. Uh, he's going uh, and going to check out the, the big tennis fan, the, the tennis tournament. And uh, talking to them, they, they, they loved it. They thought the, the crowd was into it. And not really big Baseball fans, they had a bit where they would uh, quiz uh, the uh, English fans on baseball and, and what you uh, call certain things and, and, and plays and try to predict the next play and, and what have you. It was pretty funny, they, they told me. And so uh, they also liked the fact that they don't, not only do they sell beer, the vendors, they come around, they also sell cocktails. So my buddy bought like a, a, a pitcher of um, vodka. Uh, that's pretty sweet. I mean, can you imagine at Yankee Stadium? Uh, with, with these vendors walking around and you could like buy like a, a pitcher of vodka or any cocktail for, for that matter instead of just beer, overpriced beer. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe maybe we could pick that up uh, here in the States. We could copy them, you know, what they did there in England, and pick that up. That seems pretty cool. But overall, uh, they thought, speaking to people that went to the games there, that it was received well, and, and that, of course, is what I read as well. And uh, ESPN, Fox did a great job covering the event. A-Rod actually worked double duty. He did the, the game on Saturday for Fox, the pregame at least, and then he called the game for ESPN on Sunday. And it was really it was nuts because it was 6 nothing out of the gate. Yankees 
starter pulled, or Rick Porcello pulled for the Red Sox on Saturday. And so you're like, all right, Tanaka got this. He gives up six runs. He's pulled in the first inning. It was just nuts. It was a crazy, crazy weekend of baseball. But what I liked what baseball did is, yeah, they did take too long to finally get teams to play regular season games in England. 2019, the NFL's been in, in, in England. Ugh, the NFL, sorry has been in England since 2007. They've been playing games every year since 2007. That was the Giants for the first team, actually, to play out there in 2007. And what took baseball so long? I don't know. I mean, they have played in Japan in previous years, even before, you know, going back years. They've played in Australia. They've played in Mexico. Uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, they've, they've played a number of games. So they've gone outside the, the United States and Canada to play regular season games. Why did it take so long to go to Europe? I mean, it's not like the NFL is huge in Europe. At least it wasn't uh, 12 years ago. Uh, you you got to start the ball rolling there. You got to peak interest in Europe. It's smart. It's, it's untapped territory for baseball. But I love the fact that they sent the Yankees and Red Sox. So the first time, if you're in England, you're seeing baseball. It's the two uh, great teams, great uh, organizations. And it helps that John Henry uh, owns Liverpool as well, the Champions League uh, uh, champions uh, this year. Uh, and so that helps. He's familiar. He has the, the uh, connections out there as well. So that helps with uh, spreading the word and what, whatever, what have you, uh, with, with the Red Sox. But sending the Red Sox and the Yankees to the, one of the greatest rivalries we have in sports, we could argue that, we could debate that, but it's definitely in the mix. All right, best rivalry in baseball. I would, I'm biased. I think it is. And next year, they're sending the Cardinals and the Cubs. Another great rivalry. So baseball is getting it right by sending the right teams. Not sending the Tampa Bay Rays to play the San Diego Padres. Like, no one wants to see that here, let alone in Europe. So, I mean, well, I guess I guess this year they do. Manny Machado and Austin uh, Meadows, uh, the, the two uh, stars on, uh, on those teams. So, I, I guess I should lay off them for this year and uh, pick two, two other uh, uh, lackluster teams. But I, I really enjoyed watching baseball in England, and I think this is going to be a trend. I think you're going to see this every year. I'd like to see baseball expand not just england go to go to paris go to amsterdam the netherlands they love baseball there from the world baseball classic uh, that i've read that people actually there's diamonds there's baseball diamonds in the netherlands they actually play they play the game at a youth level so there's interest there go there play a regular season game there in a stadium i'm sure there's a soccer stadium they can work out in the off season there and fit it to to play baseball like they just did here in london but uh, i don't know if you guys caught any of the baseball calls you know the English had their own uh, play-by-play of the, the games, uh, Yankees versus Red Sox in London. And so I thought it would be funny uh, play a little bit of it and get your thoughts on this. And, Brian, after this is played, I want your thoughts on, on what you think of the call. You give it an A, B, or C. Here it comes. That's a long one. It's a very long one. And it's gone. Home run. Two-run shot off the bat of Aaron Hicks. His sixth home run of the season. It's a six-run first inning for the Yankees. And that's what they came to see. Aaron Hicks with a long bomb. And the Yankees lead the Red Sox by six runs to nothing. Phil mentioned in the studio that this, <laughs> these dimensions... All right, that's the first call. Uh, did we? Is that what they came to see? Aaron Hicks hit a home run? I hope not. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, so... All right, that wasn't that... that Eh, that was kind of lackluster. What do you think? 
It just sounds like if you watch soccer on like Saturday mornings, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I know. It's very, uh, well, I guess, is it Ian Dark? It's not Ian Dark calling that game, is it? I'm not sure who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of Ian Dark. <laughs> not, not that they all sound alike, but I mean, that's what, you're right. You're right about that. It does sound like a soccer match. All right, I play another one here. That's a solid contact by Chavis. It's going, and it's gone. And we have a tie ball game in London. 6-6, <laughs> three-run homer from the bat of Michael Chavis. Masahiro Tanaka cannot believe it. And what a first inning in London. We are off and running. We've had 12 runs. It's the Yankees' six. It's the Red Sox' six. It's pretty that's pretty. That, that's better. I like that. Oh, Masahiro Tanaka cannot believe it. I, I love that. That's great. That's There's great. no way this guy actually watches baseball. You think he just does all his research before? Abs- absolutely. There is no way he does baseball. No way he even knows what baseball, the sport of baseball is. Sounds like he's just reading off a of paper. No, but it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, actually, he's very good. His accent makes everything sound better. Yeah, he, he didn't make any mistakes. I was hoping he, he made a mistake. You know, like, do you have another one? You have one more, right? Yeah, give me a second. All right, all right. Well, I'll give you a second there. But um, I don't know. If you ever watched or listened to uh, cricket play-by-play, it's really funny because it's just so so much different than, than like just the adjectives that they use to describe plays and, and what have you is really hilarious. All right, we have one more here. All right, play it. The first, and we're going to see a pitching change here now. One or two injuries have been a problem for him this year as well. And he's caught a hold of that one, and this is going all the way back. Aaron Judge for the New York Yankees with a home run in London. It's a two-run shot. The Yankees extend their lead. And the crowd have really enjoyed seeing one of the great power hitters knock one out here <laughs> in the London Stadium. You get a sense of a strike. All right, all right. That, see, but uh, you know what? He doesn't – wait, wait. He used the same call. That's what they came to see. No, I thought we came to see Aaron Hicks in a home run. It sounds so forced. Oh, my God. But he uses the same call. That's a terrible job. But it is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Got to give him a break. He has no idea. But he, come on. He, he knows enough to switch up his calls. Probably, you know? He probably wasn't prepared for 12 innings in the first inning. Or 12, <laughs> 12 runs, runs in the right, first right, inning. Right. Aaron Judge, that's what they came to see. That's pretty funny. Uh, you know, they did come to see, uh, they did go to see uh, Aaron Judge at home run. Uh, but a lot of home runs, and, and, and the Yankees extend their home run streak. 31 games, I believe now, consecutive games with a home run as they extended it there in London. But it, it was a smashing success. Can you, you know, uh, that's the only thing I can say in, in, with a British accent. I'm not very good at mimicking the English there. there. But the, play the Aaron Hicks one again, because it sounds similar to, to Aaron Judge. If you could get that up real quick. Um, <laughs> it just sounds similar. Just well, you have to yeah, here it is. Relief pitching, it will have a domino effect. That's a long one. It's a very long one, and it's gone. <laughs> Home run. Two-run shot off the bat of Aaron Hicks. His sixth home run of the season. It's a six-run first inning for the Yankees, and that's what they came to see. There it is. Aaron there it is. Hicks there it is. But uh, he, has, he has to work on his, his, his call there, though. That's a long one. That's a long one. It's pretty funny. Uh, hey, listen. It's the first time they're calling baseball games. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass there. But uh, it, it was great. It was great to see baseball in London. It was, it was a huge event in the middle of the, the year, too. Before the All-Star break, kind of gives baseball somewhat uh, some publicity there uh, where normally we would just be talking about you know, uh, trade rumors, maybe Madison Bumgarner, if, if he's going to regain his form uh, that he once had and if he gets traded and 
and what have you, um, and, and, and or talk about the Mets and the, their uh, ongoing saga there in, in, in Flushing, Queens, Mickey Callaway. They finally won, though. They came back from behind to beat the Braves. Is uh, My guy, uh, Robinson Cano, a, another two-hit game. That's three in a row if you're keeping score at home. He's now up to 240, around 240 batting average. We'll see where he could go from here, but uh, uh, as I kid, uh, <laughs> Robinson Cano. But he, he did bat fifth yesterday against a left-handed pitcher, so... Met fans are happy about that. We'll see when uh, righty's on the mound. We'll see if uh, Cano uh, stays in the three-hole as Met fans are livid. Want him out of there. But uh, congratulations to McNeil and, and Pete Alonso. They make the all-star team as well as Jacob DeGrom there for the Mets. So all's not lost there for the New York Mets. Do have some young players, young talent to build around as they move forward. And uh, got a victory yesterday against the Braves on Sunday Night Baseball. Also in baseball and uh, I don't know if you caught the commissioner. Uh, Manfred was on with uh, Fox, or I think it was Fox on Saturday. And one thing that he said, they are going to table the baseball going to Japan for next season and instead focus on Europe. Now, I'm all for focusing on Europe. I don't know why you can't do both. Uh, you could chew gum and walk at the same time. You, you could go to Japan to open up the year and continue to uh, increase awareness of Major League Baseball game there. In, in Japan and, 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 and what have you, and then also go to Europe. You can do both. Um, we'll see what happens going forward. I, I also would like to see uh, baseball go back to Australia. I think that could be a future um, in, you know, hotbed for a baseball talent there. We've had major leaguers come from Australia before. And also South Korea. I'd like to see baseball go to South Korea, play, play a, a regular season game in South Korea at some point too. Spread it around. I, I like it. International series, you, you don't have to just go back to London every year like the NFL does. But the NFL built a, um, a solid um, nucleus, a fan base there in London by going every year. And they did send the Jaguars, which, I mean, of all franchises, and they're better now, but they were a laughingstock for, for uh, a long time, especially when they were going to London after the David Garrard years there, quarterback, the Byron Leftwich, where they did make the playoffs. Uh, you know, they're not, not much, they're not the Browns or, you know, uh, I don't want to pick on my bills, but uh, the bills of, of, of yesteryear, not the McDermott bills. They're the, the other bills uh, that miss a playoff 17 straight years. But will this lead to increased fan, uh, increased, um, uh, fan interest uh, there in London, in England? Much like the Dream Team back in 92 going to Barcelona, everyone points to that year and, and, and that uh, Dream Team as the peaking the interest of basketball in Europe and since then, we've had all these great Europeans come over and play in the NBA, and baseball, uh, basketball is uh, right next to soccer, behind, clearly behind soccer as being one of the more international sports, especially amongst the sports we have in America. Can baseball, will this event, the Yankees uh, against the Red Sox, will this event, this two-game series, will that lead to more interest, or will they forget about baseball now that they're gone? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But the fact that the Cubs and Cardinals are going there next June, that's key. That's important. And we, I, th- I like to see uh, multiple series there in, in London. Why not? It's a five-hour difference from the East, Eastern time zone. You could send Eastern teams. Not that much of uh, you ha- really have to get used to the time difference. It's not that much different. So they could do it. It's not football, right? It, 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 but you have to, it's going to take weeks to recover uh, from going over there, and you have to give teams bye weeks. Uh, you could very easily do it in baseball. You give, give a day off before you go and a day off after, and we, we go forward, especially if it's near the, the all-star break. They could do it uh, very easily. But uh, glad to see that happening. 
And uh, it was a lot of fun. And the Yankees won both games, so it made it even uh, more interesting uh, for Yankee fans out there. Although, Tanaka, though, I mean, geez, what, uh, what, what was going on there? I mean, six-run lead in the first inning? You cough it up? It's a good thing he's uh, great in the postseason. Uh, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, but Yankees do need to add a startup. We'll see what they do. We'll see if they trade Clint Frazier, as it's been rumored. All right. Let's talk Buffalo Bills football. We continue our NFL preview. That's next with Sal Capaccio from the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. That's next. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to MoneyNow100.com and get the money you need. Need to pay off credit card debt? Go to MoneyNow100.com. Need your car? repaired need home improvement money visit moneynow100.com if you need fast cash for any reason go to moneynow100.com good bad or no credit at all go to moneynow100.com you could get up to five thousand dollars as soon as the next business day go to moneynow100.com on your phone tablet or computer type in the address bar moneynow100.com that's moneynow the number 100.com Weekend Fantasy Update. Cam has never been the most accurate of quarterbacks anyway. You know, let's face it, that's not what he is. I don't know, I, this uh, worries me more. Plus, he's not, he's not really throwing the ball with full velocity yet either. So how does that change things once that shoulder is completely uh, ready to go here? You know, when, when will that be? Are we talking August yet? Yeah, the same what as of, uh, what, a week ago, uh, he was only throwing the ball 20 yards. That's it. So uh, this is a work in progress, to say the least. Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Back here on the Fantasy Sports Network, this is At The Window. I am Sean Guasamacchia. 
Thanks for tuning in. We talked a lot about the NBA, and we talked a lot about baseball in London, Yankees, Red Sox, and uh, what a great success it was for Major League Baseball, and we'll see what it leads to as far as the popularity of the game in Europe. But now let's turn our attention to the Buffalo Bills as we continue the NFL preview. And to do that, I welcome in a guest. He covers the Buffalo Bills and is a sideline reporter and host on WGR 550 in Buffalo. He is Sal Capaccio. Sal, welcome to the show. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, let's let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Six and ten last year. Josh Allen's rookie season. A little uneven. Started eleven games. Ran for over six hundred yards. Passed for ten touchdowns. Twelve interceptions. But he did struggle throwing the football. Sal, what what is the game plan for Josh? And they did add a lot of weapons in John Brown and Cole Beasley, amongst others. What is the game plan for Josh Allen to get him right and, and going forward here as he enters year two? Well, it was clearly the intention of um, the organization to, A, fix the offensive line first and foremost to help out Josh, and then, B, get him weapons as well. And that's what they did. The Bills went out and signed uh, six new offensive linemen through free agency, and out of those guys, they basically signed over 300 games played, close to 200 starts. Four of the five linemen will be different next year. It'll be the same should be Deion Dawkins, the left tackle, and that's not even a certainty if somebody could maybe, if Ty Insecki could go over there, maybe Cody Ford, their uh, second-round draft pick, can win the right tackle job. So they've clearly upgraded on the offensive line. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It Mitch Morse, the highest-paid center in the league yeah. uh, this year. That's going to help Josh out a lot. Josh really, a lot of uh, the issues stem from him, either you know, having to leave the pocket, run on his own, scrambling, things like that. But, yeah, he has to work on uh, being more accurate. I think that was uh, you know, the big knock on him coming out of college as well. But you know, this is a group that last year, Zay Jones was really the number one receiver. Kelvin Benjamin was supposed to be, but never panned out. They went out, they got John Brown, they got Cole Beasley. They really needed a slot guy. And Robert Foster was a revelation. The last seven games of the year, guys, talking fantasy stuff, Robert Foster, the last seven games of the regular season, which is essentially his season, he was 11th in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, he was like third or fourth, I think, in uh, overall you know, yards per target, 14 yards downfield. He's a big play guy. And I think uh, that's another guy they're going to really want to rely on. And then the running game they think is going to help out Josh. So I think all the parts around Josh can help, no doubt about that. But, you know, he's going to have to take a step with his his own accuracy and things like that. But I think all those things should help. Yeah, Pro Football Focus said he was the least last among qual- amongst qualified NFL quarterbacks with a 62 percentage completion percentage, adjusted completion percentage, which accounts for drops, throwaways, and when a quarterback's hit and throws the ball away. So definitely has work to do with his completion percentage and his accuracy. Uh, have the Bills changed the offense from year one to year two with Josh Allen? I, I read uh, Jim Kelly was actually uh, talking to him about running some of, or the coaching staff rather, talking to Jim Kelly about running some of the stuff he ran with the K-gun back in, in the early and mid-90s. Is, is there any truth to that? Are they going to have a, a up-tempo type offense now as opposed to what they had last year? That was blown way out of proportion. I, I was yeah. there. Jim okay. Kelly at Jim Kelly at his annual golf tournament basically just said that you know he sat down and went through some stuff with Josh and they just talked football. That's all it was. That's they, it. You know, two guys talking football. Hall of Famer who's here, who's part, you know, who's a kind of an ambassador for the organization. But no, they're not changing anything in the offense other than um, you know a bit. Let, put it this way: Brian Dable is still the offensive coordinator. He's not changing his system. But what will change is, and what did change at the end of last year, and will continue to change going into this year is the philosophy of the kind of personnel they have around because they went last year to start the year. They figured, okay, here's a guy that, you know, he's not the most accurate guy in the world. We know that, but he can do a lot of things other players can't. And look, 
when people talk about if, if if completion percentage is your bar for how good a quarterback is, well, Josh Allen's always going to be, you know, behind the eight ball. And, and I, I don't think that's the right way to evaluate quarterbacks. There's a lot of things with quarterbacks. The Bills didn't draft Josh Allen because of completion percentage or to get him to a certain point. They drafted him because he's a big play type of quarterback. He has a lot of athleticism. He has a lot of intangibles and leadership and things like that. And he can do a lot of things, quite frankly, that most human beings cannot do with a football. But right. that okay. said, they transitioned from taller you know, receivers with big catch radiuses to smaller guys that can spread the field vertically and horizontally, and that really helped him as the season went on as well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and then that points to who they signed in the offseason as well. That's right. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, how about running the football? Uh, he ran for 630 yards in, what, 11 games, 12 games, which is, surprised a lot of people. We knew he was athletic going, coming out of Wyoming, but I, didn't, I don't think anyone saw the, the ability to run the football like he did. Do they plan on using his legs as much as he used them last year, uh, this year, the Buffalo Bills? Conventional wisdom says you don't want him to do that, right? I mean, obviously exactly. you want him to yep. be able to throw the ball better. You know, be, well, be better as a passer so you don't have to do that as well. And also, sure, I think, um, you know, getting hurt could be something that you have to think about with a guy like Josh Allen running so much. But he's big, he's strong, he's super athletic, and that obviously helps. But here's the thing. As a sideline reporter, I'll tell you, I think I'm a unique advantage in a lot of people. One of the reasons why Josh Allen ran was because – he has such a great arm, guys, and he's, you have to respect that arm so much that when receivers went downfield, corners and DBs, they were running with guys, and mm-hmm. you know, there's nobody home for 20 yards. Why not take the first <laughs> right, down, right? right? I mean, that's what Josh did. I mean, there's so much real estate for Josh Allen to run. It's not like, you know, when the Bills had Tyrod Taylor, was a great athletic running quarterback, but, you know, Tyrod, you could basically say, okay, dare him to throw the deep ball. Yeah, he could throw the ball long, but how, where is it going to go? Is he really going really to beat you that way? With Josh Allen, you have to respect that deep ball so much that, you know, you've got to turn and run, and now all of a sudden you're leaving 20 yards free for Josh Allen to take. And I, I would say that the Bills are going to tell him, take that every time. Take that every time. Josh Allen's still going to be a very run-heavy type of quarterback as far as fantasy. He's going to score touchdowns on the ground as far as fantasy to help out with your listeners to know. And um, but no, they don't want him to run like he did last year. But my goodness, they're not gonna. To me, you would be neutering Josh Allen if you told him just stay in the pocket when you have 20 yards of free real estate in front of you. Interesting. Talking with Sal Capaccio, Buffalo Bills preview here on Fantasy Sports Network. I'm Sean Guasamak. Yes, yeah, Sal. Let's talk about the running backs. Uh, Lashawn McCoy struggled last year. Uh, yeah, Frank Gore they signed in the offseason. T.J. Yeldon they signed. They draft Singletary. Uh, in the uh, 2019 NFL draft, what is the backfield going to look like for the Buffalo Bills this upcoming season? It's one of the questions we always ask on uh, our radio station, WGR. You know, it's a, it's a great question. There's been a lot of talk about LaShawn and then moving on from him. I've held firm from everybody I talked to in the organization, and this has held true. So it's been you know, the, the right thing, which is when they did not trade him at the trade deadline last year, even though there might have been some interest out there. He was going to stay on the Buffalo Bills all this year. There were so, way too many people who kept saying, oh, he's gone. They're going to get rid of him in the offseason. They can save $6 million. Look, the Bills don't need to save any money. They're well behind the salary cap. They don't have to do that. It was never a move about finances with Sean McCoy. The only question is, at his age, going to be 31 this year, you know, can he bounce back and be the type of player he once was? And they really believe, going back to what I said at the start of this, the offensive line that they brought in is really going to help LaShawn McCoy. But also because he doesn't have to be the number one workhorse running back anymore. They can use him. I'm not going to say he's a complimentary guy because he's going to be the number one guy. But now you have Frank Gore who can be the north-south guy. You have T.J. Yeldon who is, you know, T.J. Yeldon caught 55 balls, I think, out of the backfield last year. He could be your third down pass-catching running back. And then Devin Singletary is a lot like LaShawn McCoy where you can really kind of develop him and let him sit behind. So I think what you're going to see this year 
is four running backs on the roster primarily, which is LaShawn, Frank Gore, uh, Yeldon, and Singletary. And as the season goes on, I think it'll be more of a game plan thing of who's active, who's not. And I would say LaShawn and probably Frank Gore would be active almost every week. And then you wait to see about Yeldon or Singletary, who you need. And, you know, maybe Frank Gore isn't active one week if you don't need that type of player. So there'll be four guys. And we'll have to see. You know, LaShawn McCoy, I think, still has some left in the tank. But that remains to be seen after last year. He did struggle. But some of the things he did last year, I still think that he has some, some magic left in him. And if that offensive line could do what they're supposed to do, LaShawn might have uh, quite the uh, resurgence this year. Interesting, interesting. And, and that'll go a long way with helping Josh Allen as well. If they can get a good running game going, it would definitely help uh, Josh Allen because you know he has a cannon and people are going to be afraid of him throwing deep there. Talking with Sal Capaccio here uh, on the Buffalo Bills uh, preview. Let's talk defense. Uh, they drafted Ed Oliver. Uh, surpri- not surprising. That's uh, He fell to the Buffalo Bills, and they, and they took him. Uh, defensive tackle. Def- where is, exactly is Ed Oliver going to fit in? He's going to start. I, I would assume he's going to start right away. He's too too good. Too good, too. But where is he going to fit def- Actually, defensively? Actually, he's probably not going to start right no away. No kidding. He's probably not going to start right oh, away. that's a joke. Because they have Starla Tulele, and they, they re-signed Jordan Phillips. And Starla Tulele, I mean, uh, he will eventually. And Jordan Phillips is on a one-year contract. But, look, I mean, it's still a rookie. You know, I mean, he's a he's a great player. He was an Outland Trophy winner a couple of years ago. But, you know, the Bills have a very good defense. They have a very good defensive line. They love to rotate. Sean McDermott has always rotated defensive linemen going back to his days, you know, with the Carolina Panthers. But, you know, right now, I mean, Jordan Phillips is a starter ahead of uh, Ed Oliver. Jordan Phillips is a former second-round pick himself who's still in the prime of his career. You know, he's a good football player. And Ed Oliver, you know, can he transition right away at his size? To play, he's an undersized guy. You know, can, yeah, he, can he transition right. right away to play his size for you know to start and take on that load and play sixteen games? Can he play outside though, Sal? Can, can Ed Oliver play outside? Trent Murphy's spot, maybe? No, he's 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 no, he's, he's not a defensive end at all. He is a true four-three defensive tackle. He's undersized, but he's a great penetrator. He's an incredible athlete. You know, when he was at, he played nose tackle at Houston, yeah. and yeah. you know, I think he was kind of used wrong there, but he was the best defensive lineman they have. But, you know, in the NFL, he's not going to be have to be a two-gap guy. You know, he could be a one-gap penetrator. He's basically your replacement in that regard for Kyle Williams, who was obviously a great player in Buffalo for many years. But, you know, you're not going to – he might start by the end of the year, but the Bills don't have to do that. The way that they rotate their defensive linemen, you know, um, Ed Oliver's probably going to be in line for 50 to 55% of the snaps this year. People say, well, that's not a lot. Why would you draft him? Number one, because he's a really good player and he's still going to be able to do good things for you. But, you know, we'll see. The Bills have at defensive end Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy. And Jerry Hughes was just signed with a big contract extension. Yep. Trent Murphy uh, was injured a little bit last year. But, you know, when he's healthy, he's been a very good pass rusher. The question with him is injuries. And then Shaq Lawson is still on the team, former first-round pick. You know, going into his fourth year, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option the following year. But I would say it his best year as a pro last year. But, you know, he's, he's become more of kind of the run edge setter than he has the pass rusher and they could get a little more out of that but Ed Oliver is clearly an interior pass rusher and that's what they're going to be using him for. Interesting and talk about the linebacking core real quick Matt Milano is he going to be healthy is he going to be starting week one for the Buffalo Bills Edmonds second year from Virginia Tech and Lorenzo Alexander the the uh, uh, the guy just keeps getting better with age 36 years old I believe 35 years old he's, he's back for another year talk about the linebacking core. Yeah, they'll be uh, those three, like you said. And, yeah, Matt Milano's participated in everything in full. It, look, it wasn't ligaments. It was a broken bone. He recovered nicely from it. Um, he's a really good football player. Tremaine Edmonds just turned 21 years old. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, he's super young. And uh, he's, he's, he's in the middle of that defense. They have a very good linebacking core. It's young, other than Lorenzo, who is uh, the only, he's kicking father time's butt right now. Yeah, so talk about the Bills real quick. Last question, 6-10 and 10 last season. What do you expect from them this year? 
Well, look, I mean, 6-10 and 10 with a historically bad offense really yeah. most of the year until they change some things. Uh, they're going to have a very good defense again. We didn't even talk about the DBs. They're very good. Two of the best safety team in the league in, tra- in Jordan Foyer, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White on the outside. They signed Kevin Johnson, a former first-rounder. They're going to be very good on defense, very solid. It's all about Josh Allen. I'd be disappointed if this team didn't at least get to 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they can win nine games this year, and if they're winning nine games, they're in the mix for that wild card, and I think they expect that here in Buffalo this year. Awesome stuff. Sal Capaccio covers the Buffalo Bills sideline reporter, does a great job. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get it. WGR 550 there in Buffalo. You can hear him. He hosts. He's also a guest on, on many of the same shows there on WGR 550. Thanks for the time, Sal. Really appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right. That's Sal Capaccio. And, wow, he really paints a rosy picture of the Buffalo Bills, 8-8. Eight and eight. And if you look at the schedule, it's it's manageable. So he's, he's not off there. It's, it's a manageable schedule. For Buffalo, of course, to play New England twice, that always always hurts the, the Buffalo Bills as they just can't seem to beat Tom Brady and uh, a lead uh, attack in Bill Belichick. So that's two losses if you really, realistically want to look at it. But they open up at the New York Jets. That's a, a winnable game. Then they stay in New York at the Giants. That's a winnable game. Home for the Cincinnati Bengals. Very winnable game. Then they play New England. They're at Tennessee. That's a winnable game. At uh, their home for the uh, Miami Dolphins, winnable game. Home for the Eagles, that's a loss. Home for the Redskins, it's a win. At Cleveland, you want to give them a loss? Okay. At Miami, that's always tough, especially, uh, but it's in November, that's a break. Mid-November, it's usually really hot down there and humid and it's tough to to stay hydrated, but that uh, is a manageable game. Home for Denver, at Dallas, home for the Baltimore Ravens, at Pittsburgh, at New England, and then home for the Jets to finish up. Definitely a manageable schedule. I agree with Sal. Um, the only thing is 8-8, uh, eight and eight, it, it really depends on Josh Allen, he just said. I mean, his, his accuracy is, is an issue. It's been an issue since uh, he came into the league, and that was the, the thing when he was drafted, the, the, the big bugaboo about Josh Allen. He had a 56 completion percentage at Wyoming. If that, that translates to the NFL level, and as I said, he had the lowest um, adjusted completion percentage when it accounts for drops and throwaways in the NFL last year. What will Josh Allen be? Well, they're going to help him out because they got Josh, uh, John Brown. They got Cole Beasley. They still have Zay Jones, who had an improved year last year. But I, I think it's too much to put on Josh Allen right now. McCoy, how much does he have left? We'll see. Frank Gore, how much does he have left? He's, he's another one who's really up there in age, 35 years old. So, but the bills are improved, and, and they went out there. They, they won the free agency market, and, and they spent money, and they got uh, good players. And Oliver is a great draft pick on the inside, especially in passing situations. He's going to rush from that inside position. Think about Aaron Donald. If he could be anywhere near Aaron Donald there on the inside, because they're both smaller type guys, bills will take it. And, and bills will be formidable with an inside pass rush to, to pair with Jerry Hughes on the outside. But, like I said, it's all on Josh Allen's shoulders. Let's see what he looks like in year two and makes that improvement and just is a better manager of the game, and, and that'll go a long way. So for the Bills right now, they're over-under for the year, and we talked about this with, with Sal. So Sal thinks it's eight games, seven and a half. Buffalo Bills over-under. Six and a half, actually, six and a half. Ah, uh, boy, I said under last time. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go over. I think they'll win at least seven games now. Sal's uh, made me a believer. AFC East, 10 to 1, plus 1,000. Conference, plus 5,000 to win. Uh, no way they're touching that one. AFC East, is it, 
if it breaks right with New England, I still think New England's the class of the AFC East. So plus money there, plus a thousand, but over under six and a half wins for the 2019 Buffalo Bills. Over, take the over in that one, and that's your Buffalo Bills preview. Uh, should be an interesting year there with Josh Allen and uh, LaShawn McCoy. See what he has left there in Buffalo. That'll do it for at the window. Thanks to Sal. And always thanks to you for joining me on uh, another edition on the Fantasy Sports Network. I'm back tomorrow. Of course, more NBA free agency talk. That'll be tomorrow. Until then, see you later. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 